Are you a developer or conversational designer looking to excel in the latest AI platforms? Or maybe you're in marketing looking for the latest in audio branding and customer engagement. Or maybe you're a startup, a business owner, an investor, or simply want to know about the future of voice technology. Then Voice Summit held in Newark, New Jersey this July is for you. Get your ticket at voicesummit.ai. That's voicesummit.ai. We can't wait to hear your voice and meet you at the conference. I think voice matters because these days, and for a long time, it's been the natural way for, for humans to interact. And over time, it will become second nature for us to interact by voice with all the other objects in our lives and not just the humans that we interact with. Welcome to the Voices Behind Voice series, where we interview the great people who are either creating and using voice technology in a new way, looking to start utilizing it in their business, or investing in companies associated with voice. All of these guests will be attending the Voice Summit this July, and we wanted to give each of them a chance to have their own voice be heard. Today, my guest is Alex Aramia, the founder of Binge With. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Carrie. It's great to be with you. So can you tell me... How did you first get into technology? Where did that passion for technology start for you? Goodness, that's a that's a great question. I came to technology in a very roundabout way. I started out in uh, in the economics field, thinking I'd be a professor in economics. And at the same time, where I was learning about economics, the big data trend uh, was the buzz. That was the big buzzword back then, and. I took my economics knowledge and sort of pivoted to big data, taught myself how to code, and landed a job in Silicon Valley as an analyst. And after I, I moved to Silicon Valley, I just got the the, the, the tech bug. So I uh, went full swing. I mean, I, I, I've always had this entrepreneurial background so it was, or entrepreneurial spirit. So I, I've wanted to, to be around, you know, fellow like-minded uh, individuals, but never specifically in tech until I was in Silicon Valley. And when you taught yourself to code, was that something that you felt came pretty easily to you? So it was a while back, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, right as boot camps and things like that were getting started. So it was a little unnatural for me, actually. If I, I still have some uh, of the notes. I, actually, a couple of weeks ago, when my friends picked them up from my bookshelf, and they're like, you know, you're, you're teaching yourself how to code like someone would teach themselves history. Like I would take notes, like, I, you know, you take notes about World War II and everything else. And that's not, you know, that, that was the only way I knew how, how to teach myself a, a new, a new uh, thing back then. And eventually, I, having made uh, more friends that knew how to code, I uh, transitioned to more or less the, the, the more correct way of, <laughs> of learning how to code rather than, uh, you know, learning history. Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think it's so important that we know how we learn best. And you did that yeah. to be able to teach yourself something new. So having been in Silicon Valley and, and working for a lot of companies, had you ever owned a business before Binge With? Not fully incorporated, no. But I have started projects before Binge With. So I, as I mentioned, I had this entrepreneur spirit and I've done a few, you know, more than, a, more than I would say half a dozen business ideas uh, that I've done in the past. I did the, the previous incarnation of Binge With was a chat website where you can um, talk about uh, websites that you're live streaming with people. I've done a like a party in a box sort of business that, you know, they're, they're all like very small. I, would, I wouldn't even call them businesses. They're more like projects that I, I wanted to get off the ground. And, you know, they fizzled out. But Binge With is probably the, the first one that I took the farthest. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still going on, you know, even 
several years after the initial idea and, you know, having it as a project on the side. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of things start. It starts as projects and little things here or there, and then they develop, right? Exactly, exactly. So now how did Bingeworth come to life? Were you somebody that had always been kind of fascinated by voice or podcasting or things of that nature? Where did this kind of come from? So it came from mostly a need of mine, and in part to do with voice, in part to do with just a a day-to-day need that I had, um, stemming all the way from from college and then following me through in corporate world. And given the things I studied in college, history and political science, I usually had a lot of readings to do, sometimes up to 200 pages per week. And I sometimes I was a very diligent student and sat down to read them. Sometimes I was not. So I would wish for something like this that would would help me be more focused and uh, read things out loud or allow me to do other things while I'm I'm uh, getting ready for for school and stay on top of my my readings. And then once I entered corporate again, I would have since I was a data analyst and data scientist, I would have tabs and tabs of advice for how to be a great data scientist um, that I would eventually hope will impact my career, point me in the right direction, but I would never get to them because there are so many other things to do and you really can't look like you know, you're at work, but you're reading articles instead of working. <laughs> that just doesn't work. So I eventually decided, no, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's just build something to, to help me stay on top of things and also multitask at the same time. So that's how it came about. And I, I think in part, or at least the reason I tell most people is that, you know, I'm, I had so many things to read and maybe I was a slow reader. Um, but push comes to shove. There's so much content out there that is not being read by people. And a lot of it is really insightful content. There's great stories, so much learning to be done. If you really only limit yourself to the content that makes it either in podcasts or in audiobooks, there's just a wealth of information out there that you could um, listen to and learn from, but is not currently accessible unless you're willing to spend hours in front of a, a screen scrolling through page after page of content. Yeah, I mean, it's, it makes so much sense. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what Bingeworth is and what it does? Yes, of course, of course. Uh, so Bingeworth takes any content on the internet and turns it into audio. So we will take any URL or link understand the content on the page and really see which of the content is the important stuff. So we will remove things like the Facebook buttons, the Twitter buttons, the ads, the captions to videos or uh, images, and really understand the meat of the article or the blog or whatever, or Wikipedia page, whatever content being displayed on your page. Understand that content, and then we will generate the audio. And usually we do that within seconds, usually around 10 to, to 15 seconds, we'll generate the audio. And then we will display it in a player on the page so you can listen to, to the audio. Um, and we found that this is helpful for publishers. So publishers like, say, for example, medium bloggers or even larger publications like local newspapers or going all the way up to your Venture Beats or TechCrunch or New York Times, since it helps them retain better retain their readers as we've seen podcasts and audiobooks grow audiences are more interested in listening to content than reading through pages after pages of content um, so having the audio version helps keep uh, readers engaged in coming back to to the website to listen to the content so um, we're really the the audio generation tool behind um, the smart uh, creation of audio and we're hoping to to help publishers really transition from their bread and butter, which is oftentimes text content, to making them better at creating rich audio experiences. 
Yeah. I mean, it's so smart. When I found out about your company and your website, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I got really excited because you're right. There's so much content out there. And sometimes you don't have that option to read it or, you know, it's just faster to listen to something. Did you create a code? You know, how is this kind of working a little bit on the back end that you can share with us? So yeah, we created code to really understand how the page is laid out, understand like the top of the page, the headers, the navigation aspects of the page, which you don't really want read out loud. Um, again, understand the footer, the footers of the page, understand just the general layout. What is it? Where is a byline put where you include like the author's name? Where is the date line? Where's the title? And really understand how the page is laid out in an intelligent way so that we know what is the most relevant uh, content on the page. From that output, so once we know what is relevant, we, we rank uh, the output by, by uh, the relevancy. And then we generate the audio from the most relevant aspects of it. And oftentimes, you know, the author of the page will know more about the page than we do because it is their content and it's, it's very close to heart for them. Um, so we'll take the author's input in understanding what is relevant. So for example, if they say, my uh, blogs are always laid out in this form because this is sort of uh, my brand for how I write, then we'll take that input into consideration so that we don't have to sort of learn from scratch from zero and rather take the, the input of the author. So that's a little bit about how we create the audio. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very impressive. What has been the feedback so far from users of what you've created? Yeah. So right now we're primarily focusing on publishers and the feedback from them has been that it has brought their text to life. So we had one blogger that focuses on social media blogging and really teaching folks how to better use social media tools like Twitter and Instagram. And they, for their, because their, their blogs are very, or blog posts rather, are very educational in ways. They feel that it can lighten up the, the content since it, at times it can be in dry form. And being able to sort of breathe life into the text is really fascinating for them. We've had other publishers who particularly focus on voice tech technology. So voice tech Carl in Paris, it is his brand to be all about voice. So when he published blogs in the past, he would oftentimes have readers say, you know, you're voice tech Carl, but you're publishing text. What gives? <laughs> uh, so being able to stay true to his uh, voice brand and include voice in all his articles as well as his newsletters has been a, a big impact for him. And are you able to create specific voices with what people are listening to? Yes, we often match the voice of the articles that we're reading out loud to the authors, both gender and dialect. So for example, we have some publishers that are from the UK. And when we were onboarding folks, we also try, you know, we tried to match their voice to our current uh, dialects and, and the intonation of the voices. And there's a, a funny story. When we first reached out to, to some bloggers, we provided a blogger from the UK with a UK sample. And his response to the sample that we gave him was, wow, how were you able to match the dialect and the intonation of the audio so close to my own voice? Which to us was very funny because we, a, we, we did not know what, 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 the, uh, what he sounded like, but we were very happy to have been able to match it so closely to what he did sound like. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that's super impressive. And I love that you're saying it breathes life into the work and I couldn't agree more. 
So when you are thinking about how this kind of looks for the future, do you have a vision of how you'd like to see Bingeworth grow? Yes, definitely. So we want to be the go-to place for anyone to listen to any content on the internet. Similar to how we now have Spotify to listen to music and podcasts, we want to be the go-to place for any internet content. So be it Wikipedia, be it an investor's blog, be it you know information on the Voice Summit, all of that should be available for anyone to listen to on demand wherever they may be. So if that's through your phone or through various assistants, being able to, to understand any content um, in an audio way uh, is what we're aiming to do. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And you're well on your way. Now you are attending the Voice Summit in Newark, New Jersey this summer. Who are you looking to connect with that voice or what are you looking to learn when you get there? So it's my first time at the summit, and I'm I'm really excited to be be part of it. And maybe in future years, I'll I'll have the chance to to be a speaker as well. I think in particular, I'm looking to connect with Brett from Voicebot AI. I think he's absolutely brilliant, and the content that he creates is very informative and often pushes the bar on what is being said on the the topic matter that he's writing about. So he's probably one of the the speakers that I'm I'm looking to connect with. I'm in the voice space. I haven't met a lot of people that are, are working in the air. Oftentimes, if I'm either pitching or going to other entrepreneurial events, I'm one of the only, if not sometimes the only person that's in the in the voice space. And I, I'm looking forward to being at a voice-centric event. Yeah, no, it's definitely the place to be for that. I love that. Where can people learn more about you and your company online, either the website or on social media? Our website is bingewith.com. Uh, and you can learn more about us at bingewith.com slash about. And our Twitter handle is bingewith as well. Perfect. And the last question I want to ask is, what is the number one reason as to why you think voice matters going into the future? I think voice matters because these days, it's, and for a long time, it's been the natural way for, for humans to interact. And over time, it will become second nature for us to interact by voice with all the other objects in our lives and not just the humans that we interact with. Yes, very true. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here. I can't wait to connect with you at Voice Summit this July and to see all the great things you continue to do. Thank you, Kara. It's been great. <laughs> 